I said a moment ago because I'm moving into a series today called Build. We're beginning a series, and again, it is called Build. I want you to get what we're talking about. Today, if I were going to give a subtitle to this particular series, it would be Our Ways. Now, that sounds a little bit, um, a little bit um, selfish, uh, proud, prideful, whatever you want to call it. It sounds that way, but you're going to understand why I'm calling it Build and then our ways, because I want to address two different things. In what ways of ours do we build that are not God's ways? And then what happens when we build our ways according to God's ways? What happens, again, one, when our ways do not line up with his ways, his blueprint, and what happens when our ways do line up with his ways, his blueprint. I want you to turn, if you'll open your Bible or if you'll jump into the Church Center app, which is what I'm going to need to use today, if you'll jump into the, the Church Center app, or I'm sorry, the Holy Bible app, and you go to events and you find the Rock of Central Florida, everything will be there that you need. The scripture you need, is going, you're going to find it there. So I want to start by asking this question, are we building, when I say we, I'm talking about us personally, are we building according to God's blueprint? What is Yahweh's blueprint? When I say Yahweh, don't anybody be confused by that? You hear it in songs you listen to on 98.1, which, by the way, isn't that a much better choice of a, of a music station? So much better. I, I, used to, I used to listen to another one. I'll just say that. And 98.1 is a great improvement. And so if you haven't tuned in your radio to 98.1 98 Joy FM, I encourage you to do it. It's great. They, they do a really good job of, of really affecting uh, good choice of songs. Let me just leave it at that. No plug. I didn't get paid for that. <laughs> but are we building according to God's blueprint? And when I say Yahweh, again, I just want you to understand that is simply the tetragrammaton. That is simply the Hebrew name of God, Y-H-W-H. It is. I'm not talking about a different God. If you serve the living God, it's the same God. If you serve some other God, it's not the same God. But if you serve the living God, it's the same God. He gave himself a name. He said, I am Yahweh. I am that I am. I am Yahweh. I am the Tetragrammaton. I am Yahweh. So when you hear me say that, that's what that means. But when we talk about building according to Yahweh's blueprint, I can think of a few situations where I have in time in my own life, um, there's been times that I have adjusted a particular blueprint to do something because I thought it might be a little bit better, and in the end, it didn't work out so well. Uh, one of those examples is a friend of mine, very good friend of mine. I love him, loved him then. I love him today. He has gone to be with Yahweh, but an incredible, incredible man of God. Most of you know him, but Russell Wheatley. He and I built mine and my wife's house 16, almost 16 years ago. We built our house together, and I used some trades that I was aware of. He used some trades he was aware of. He used his knowledge. I used my knowledge. He had way more than I did, but we used our knowledge. We put it together, and we built a beautiful home. But in the process of building that home, we had a particular blueprint that my wife and I had settled on and that the, the county had agreed on. So the county had sealed it. They had certified the blueprints, and they gave those to us. What it lacked was we had a large open space over our garage, huge, 700 square feet of empty space over the garage. And Russell, using 
just his experience and what he had learned in the trade that he had walked in for many years, he's walking through the house one day. This is after it was completely approved and certified and what have you. And he came upstairs and he and I were together and he looked at this big space and he said at the time, I don't use titles anymore, but at the time we did. And he said, Pastor Steve, he said, this is a waste of space. You need to sheetrock this and make this a bonus room. Just make it a bonus room. And I was, of course, I'm thinking dollar signs. I'm thinking, well, how much is it going to cost <laughs> to sheetrock this? And, and then he came back. He said, you'll be surprised. And we were. So we decided to do it. So we went ahead and had it sheetrocked, and they ran air conditioning in there. And that was the room of all the rooms in our home. We sold it just in June of this year. But in all the rooms in that home, we used that bonus room more than any other room. When any of the kids that are no longer kids in this house, but when you were kids and you would come to our house to, to play with our children or spend the night, you spent your time in the bonus room. Everything, the games were played there, the video games were played there, the movies were watched there, Christmas was there, everything was there in the bonus room. It, it became the focal point of our home. But when we sold that house, never considered that it was never on the blueprint. Never considered that it wasn't in the blueprint. So the square footage of that room was not added to the living space of the blueprint. We were enjoying it, but no one else was going to be able to. And we didn't know that. We didn't know that until we sold the house in June. And when the buyer went to buy the house, he came back and he said, numbers don't match. You're saying that the house is this square foot. And the county is saying that it's this, and I'm not, I'll pay you if it's this, what you're asking, but I'm not going to pay you if it's this. And of course, I'm on the phone with him, and I said, oh, listen, it's, it's that, and it's in the bonus room. And he said, if it's not on the blueprint, if it's not on the blueprint, I can't take your word for it. So they had to send out somebody from the county to come out there and remeasure the house and re whatever they did, reappraise the house and come in there and include that so that it now became a part of the plan. But without that being included, it was not part of the plan and there was no way we were going to be able to draw the value out of that unless that was corrected. I can tell you that in our lives today, if our life is not according to the blueprint that God has for you and me, the value in us will not be able to be expressed until our blueprint becomes his blueprint. Does anybody hear me this morning? So I want to talk to you about this this morning, and I'm going to use a couple of passages today, and again, they're long. I'm apologizing for that because normally I would not do that, but each of these are long passages. But the message is not going to be long, but I want to make a point today because there are times that our ways get in His way, but there is a way to build so that our ways are His ways. If we don't have the right blueprint, we're going to be in trouble. Again, another example is over here on the land, we have 11 acres of land here where the rock is. We use most of that. But over here on the side, we have about three acres of woods over here on this side of the property. We had no idea. We've been in this property now for about 14 years. And we had no idea what was going on over there. I have not walked into those woods 
in probably 14 years. And there's no reason for me to go into the woods. There's a pond over there. There's a couple ponds over there. There's actually a third partial pond over there I didn't even know was there. So there's land over there. There was just no reason for me to go walk that land. And then about uh, a month or two ago, they're building out here in front of the church. If you haven't noticed, they're actually changing the road out here in front of the church. <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, there might be a little construction out there. Well, there was a fellow back here that lived in the neighborhood behind us that had a particular desire to stop construction. So he put a wad of cash in his pocket, and as they were digging the holes and they were going out there, he would go and he would jump in the hole. As the bulldozers were trying to dig, he would jump in the hole, and they would say, we're going to arrest you. And he would say, I got cash, I'll bail out, and I'll come jump in the hole again. And they'd call the police, they'd come and arrest They arrested him three times, one day, in one day for jumping in the hole and coming out here. Well, we were trying to figure out what's going on. Well, he's coming out of the woods, and, and I don't remember all the details how it all ended up happening, but AJ and my son and my other son, Sam, go over there in the woods to figure out what's going on one day. How's he getting from his neighborhood to there without walking down the street? And they go over there in the woods. This dude has built an elaborate trail system in the forest that we have over there. I mean, there are trails everywhere. Not only are there trails, there are monuments. There are signs. He's named the trails. He's got beautiful little plaques with this is whatever trail. He named the pond. Frog Pond. <laughs> I probably could have come up with a better one. But Frog Pond. So he's got a six-foot dinosaur over there on the side of one. He's creating... Epcot, north. So the, the guys go over there, and they start collecting all of these things. And they said, what do you want us to do with it? I said, put it, oh, let me back up. So I walk over there. When I see this thing, I'm just blown away because there's three neighbors right behind, behind us, and all three of them, they have a gate from their yard into our property. And they're throwing mattresses and trash, and they're building stuff, and they got little things over here, and they got little, literally, the pathway is lined with rock. They had spent a lot, probably thousands of dollars, no kidding, probably thousands of dollars lining the little pathways that are over there. Go walk it. It's ours now. <laughs> That's right. So they lined this pathway. Long story short, the reason I'm telling you this is because when we called the police and the police came out, A.J. met with the police, and when they came out, they said, well, we need the blueprint of the land to prove that that's yours. We can't arrest them for trespassing, and we don't want anybody arrested. We just don't want them trespassing. So we put up signs everywhere because they had, one of the things that they had put over there on the property, I'm just going to tell you, was a pentagram. And we weren't going to have that. So we're removing all of this stuff, or they are, I say we is when I talk about them, and they're removing all of that because it wasn't safe for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So they're over there, and the police said, we need a blueprint. We need, to, we need proof that that land is yours. So they had to show the police a blueprint so that we could put our no trespassing signs and so that we could enforce this. What is my point? My point is this. God has never done anything haphazardly. God never gets up in the morning and just on a whim thinks, 
What am I going to do today? How do I want to impact Cole? How do I want, what do I want to do with Tim? Let me think. Let me call a committee together. Figure out what I want to do for Marshall or Mahala. Let me see what else. He never does anything haphazardly, but everything that the father does, he does, there's a protocol. There's a right way of doing it. And even to the point when he chose you, he picked you out specifically to make sure you were the one that was in your mother's womb that would come into this earth. There's a lot of seed to choose from, but he chose a particular seed. He sent you on purpose because he has a blueprint. Listen to me. Listen. He has a blueprint for you. He has a plan for you. And when he sent you and he put all this together, you don't devise, you don't get a blueprint overnight. It requires a lot of thought. You, you have to know like I said a moment ago, the end from the beginning. I've got to be able, this is what I want to get to. And I tell some of those who are called to preach in here when I meet with them once a month, I tell them often, I say, when you're preaching, you want to know the end from the beginning. You don't start, you don't just say, I think I'm going to read out of Luke 1. You want to know what do I want to accomplish? What does Holy Spirit want me to achieve by ministering this word? When you know where you're headed, then you work towards getting there. But if you just start and you just say, we're just going to jump in, you're never going to get somewhere where people can follow you. You have to know the end from the beginning. And that is exactly what God does. When he puts this blueprint together for your life and he says, this is what I want to do. And you know what? For this particular blueprint, there is a single person that can do it. And that single person is Norris Davis, who isn't here yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that when I need this thing accomplished, when I need this end to occur, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that Norris is born and he is sown into the earth so that he can do what I need to get done. Yes. Say this with me. Say, God, God has, a has a blueprint for me. For me. Believe that this morning. He has a blueprint for you. So let me read now. Let's jump in. If you're following along, let's jump in Haggai right here. Haggai chapter 1. It's in the First Testament. Haggai chapter 1. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. What happens when our ways get in God's ways? Do you think that ever happens? What happens when our ways get in his way? It's happened to every single person under the sound of my voice today, whether you're in this room or you're watching online. And if you're watching online today, I want you to know we're very thankful and blessed and appreciate very much that you're watching. Those of you that are visiting in here today, I didn't address it earlier, but I want you to know how important it is for us, to us, that you are here today. We are very blessed by your your coming and trusting us with your time this morning. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. It's always nice to get through the names. Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. The most powerful word in the English language, consider. 
It forces you to think about what you have done and what you're going to do next. Consider your ways. You have sown much, but you've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so only to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, again, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast and all other labors. I can tell you, and all their labors, I can tell you today, if we ask ourselves, are my ways getting in God's ways? God's way is to bless you. God's way is to honor you. God's way is to position you in such a way so that he gets the glory. His way is that you are always positioned for success. Does success mean a lot of money? Not necessarily. Does success mean the best job? Not necessarily. Does success mean you're the best dressed? Not necessarily. Success means I have heard the word of the Lord. I have been obedient to it. And because of that, my vats are full. Because of that, my grain silos are full. Because of that, I have no want. Now, if I have want, is it because, again, my ways have gotten in God's ways? If the grain is blowing away in the wind, is it because my ways have gotten in God's ways? If I turn to the east and I should be looking to the west, is it because my ways have gotten in God's ways? This morning, someone shared something with me that I thought was uh, interesting and I appreciated so much. And, and I'm not going to call them by name, but I'm going to put you on the spot right now. I wasn't planning to do this, but I think it's fitting. If you're willing to share with me what you shared with me in the office before we came out, just wave your hand at me so I know. And I'm just going to look around the room. If you're willing to share that, come and share it then. Come and share it. <laughs> yes. Um, after last week's service, it really dealt with me. If you know me, uh, I've been doing, my wife and I, we've been doing the RC party as a business for ourselves. And uh, I made a move. I made a, a choice that affected uh, the business greatly without first considering all those that had tithed into me, not tithed, but... Uh, had invested into, into what I was doing. And at the time before I made the move, I was it, was, it was beautiful. I mean, even though it wasn't everything that it was going to be, it was beautiful. I mean, there was more 
it was becoming to the place where it was supporting itself. Um, there was more business as one person that I could handle. And, um, and, and not only that, but it was a place of ministry. It was a place where people who didn't know God, who probably would never walk into this church, would come and sit with my wife and I and, and just for the very intentions of sitting and being with us. And we had a chance to minister to them and, mm -hmm. and, and um, just be a light to them in so many ways. And um, <clears throat> I got in the way of God's blueprint. He had a blueprint for me. And I saw what I thought was great opportunity. And um, it was presented to me and it sounded so lovely like the enemy does, you know. And uh, I jumped on it. I was like, yeah, this is it. And I didn't do it selfishly because I thought that uh, this would, all those people I was ministering to, all those, um, just all those relationships would increase. This would surely increase the relationships, the, the ability, and it didn't. It stole. Mm. Man. Whew. It stole every relationship. Mm. Not only that, it didn't even add mm. any new ones to me. And when I, uh, <clears throat> when I found myself in the situation I was in, you know, not only did I lose those relationships, I was losing my health as well. Because after all of that, I got sick like I'd never been sick before. I dealt with things that really the enemy just tried to take me out with. Mm -hmm. But after last week's, yeah. whew, after the word, that failure is not an option because I was struggling. I was looking for jobs. I was I was ready to go to Florida Tech <laughs> to get rehab. I call it job rehab, man. I'm going to go get job rehab. I need to do something because I can't do. Physically, physically, I can't do what I used to do. But um, I was ready. But that word came, and it was timely. Hmm. That failure is not an option. And as I've been considering, that's that word, as I've been considering what fairy is not for me. One of the things I had to realize is that I needed to repent. Mm. And this morning, after everybody walked out, I repented wow. to Steve. I repented. And I'm repenting to the house now. Mm. Because there were some things that was done to increase that business. And it, it was booming, man. It was doing what it was supposed to do. And I moved away from it with without considering mm. or without even um, counseling mm. with Steve and with the house and with people like Jimmy, you gentlemen like Jimmy, who has been put in my life for mm. this very reason. I did it outside of no consideration. And Jimmy, wow. I repent. Wow. I repent of that. 
Because you, you, you've been a serious tool in the light for me and direction in that. And I didn't consider you. So I repented because I removed, I repent because I moved outside of the blueprint that the Father had for me. And today I'm thankful that I'm able to pay the taxes, baby. Wow. <laughs> So I said to Archie when he said that this morning and he had repented to Yahweh and he repented to those he believed he needed to repent to. And if you don't understand, somebody might be watching this and you're not part of this house. You might be in this room or you might be watching online. And you might be thinking, well, if you repented to God, why does he repent to anyone else? Because you need to understand that the kingdom is not like religion. It's not like religion. Religion allows you to shuck off responsibility. The kingdom of God does not. And it isn't only God that is impacted by us getting off the blueprint. People who are in relationship are impacted by those things too. And that's the kingdom. When we recognize, first, I'm going to repent to the Father, but I'm also going to repent to those people that this is impacted. Because it could be different. And I said to Archie when he came and he shared that with me. And I said to him, I said, I'm going to tell you what the Father's going to do. And we're going to get, I'm getting ahead of myself now because you shared this. But I'm, get, I'm, I'm going to tell you what he does when our ways become his ways. He redeems. He redeems. He didn't know I was preaching on this this morning. But I said to him, I said, God's going to redeem. Everything that's been lost, everything that's been stolen, everything that's been forfeited, he's going to redeem it. I don't know what it's going to look like, but when you get back on the blueprint, he's going to redeem it. And, I, and everybody in this room needs to hear what I'm telling you. This isn't just about Archie. It's not just about me. It's about you and you and you and you and you. Every person. Every person that can hear my voice today. Everyone. So I'm going to read again. I'm going to read this again, and I'm going to say to you, he says, consider your ways in verse uh, 5 in Haggai 1 says, consider your ways. He said, you've sown much, but you've harvested little. I want to ask you, this is when our ways get in God's ways. And I'm just going to ask you if this applies to you. Only you know, and you don't have to confess it to me. I don't need to know, but you need to confess it before the Father. And I'm going to ask you this question. I want you this morning, right now, I want you to consider your ways. Consider them. You've sown much. I'm going to ask it like a question. Have you sown much and harvested little? Have you eaten, but you're never full? Have you been drinking, but you're never filled? Not, let's interpret drinking correctly here. <laughs> Have you clothed yourselves? It doesn't matter how much you put on and how many layers, you're never warm. And have you earned wages? Only to find that it doesn't matter how much you earn, it's just never enough. Are you hearing me today? This is what the Father said. The Father's saying to Israel, He's saying to them right here, He's saying, I want you to get, I want to get your attention. You're not building like I created you to build. And you don't even realize it. You just think, oh, I'm, I've stumbled into bad luck. Oh, I've just had a bad day. Or this has been a bad year. 
He said, I want, I'm going to shake you up. I want to shake somebody. Come here, Cole. I'm going to shake you. Come here. I'm serious. Come here. <laughs> he says, I just want to shake you up. I want to move you around. I want to wake you up. You can be seated. Thank you. He said, consider your ways. Just stop for a second. I said to my kids the other night, you know, we're new grandparents. And, um, and I, I think she loves me the most. I, I, but I said to my kids the other night, I said, there's going to be moments when it's going to feel frustrating because she's crying when you would rather sleep. Or she's hungry when you just want to rest. I said, what I want you to do, I don't think they're there yet, but I said, what I want you to do, it's going to happen. There's going to be moments of frustration. What I want you to do is I want you to sit down. I want you to put your head back. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. Let Holy Spirit bring you your frame of mind back to where it's supposed to be. Then get up and go do whatever you need to do. But sometimes you have to just consider, man, I don't want to get frustrated over the blessing. I don't want to get frustrated over the blueprint. I don't want to be frustrated over the purpose. So if I find myself getting there, it isn't the Father's intention that I get frustrated over the blueprint, the purpose, or the blessing. The Father's intention is that I raise it, rear it, prepare it, make it ready, build So if I find myself getting frustrated, that's the counterfeit, and I'm just going to take a moment, I'm going to step back, and I'm going to do what he said here, Haggai said, I'm going to rest, I'm going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to consider my ways. I'm going to consider, if I stay in this frustration, what's it going to produce? I'm going to get off the page of the blueprint. My ways are going to get in God's ways. My ways are going to get in front of the purpose, not in the middle of it. Do you hear me this morning? Yes. He said, consider your ways. You've sown much. You've harvested little. You eat. You don't have enough. You drink. You're never full. You clothe yourselves. You're never warm. You earn your money, but you, don't put, but you, you pour it out. You never have enough. And thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. I want you to go up to the hills and bring wood, and I want you to build the house. Listen, this is, this is important. So that I can take pleasure in it, and I'll be glorified, says the Lord, the house. Who is the temple of the Lord? Who is? Who is? You be, be confident about it now. I mean, if we're not confident that I'm the temple of the Lord, then that may bring into question why I might not be building it right. If I'm not sure I'm qualified, let's get qualified. If I'm not sure I understand that I'm His temple, I want to come to the place, Father, first of all, I'm going to repent. I am your temple. It might not be pretty yet. But I want to make the choices that allow you to help me to pretty this thing up or handsome it up, whatever, depending on what you are. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house so that I can take pleasure in it and I'll be glorified. The Father wants to be glorified, Marshall. The Father wants to be glorified, Stephanie. The Father wants to be glorified, Kaylee, Matt. The Father wants to be glorified, Kathy. The Father is all about Him being glorified. And He is glorified when He makes you look good, when you do well. He is glorified when you in the middle of COVID are well. When you in the middle of COVID are not fearful. When you in the middle of COVID are not responding to every Instagram or every text. When you in the middle of it all, you're not the one holding the placard sign and getting in the march. 
Do you hear me today? The Father is demonstrated when He can show Himself mighty in you and me. When we build something that says, I am confident. I am confident that I'm a son of God. I'm confident that I'm a daughter of God. I'm a confident that I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. When you brought stuff home, it blew away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins. While each of you busies himself with your own. He said, you're my temple, but you're not treating yourself like my temple. You're treating yourself like you belong to you. And I didn't send you on purpose. I put you on the planet on purpose. So don't treat yourself like just haphazardly. You happen to be the single seed of many that found its place to be born. He said, I chose which seed planted in the womb. Out of millions, I chose which seed embedded in the womb. Do you hear me today? Out of millions, you were specifically chosen. The Father said, so what I don't want you to do is I want you to consider your ways and I want you to consider that the house you're building, consider that it's actually my house. And if you will treat it and if you can accept that you are my temple and I want to dwell in you, I will be glorified and because I'm glorified, so will you be. You're going to do amazing things. When you eat, you will be full. When you drink, you will be filled. When you're clothed, you will be warm. But if our ways get in his ways, we don't give him anything to work with. We've got to make sure that we're following the blueprint. And again, I say that because everything about the kingdom of God is protocol. The Father doesn't do anything just by chance. He doesn't say, boy, I hope it works out. How many times has that come out of our mouth? Any of our mouths? Boy, I'm just really hoping this works out. I'm just going to, you know, hey, whatever it is, that's what it is. Whatever will be, will be. Blah, 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 blah. How many times have those words come out of our mouths? May they never come out of our mouths again. May there never be a statement that comes out of our mouth, mouth that comes haphazardly. That comes as though luck has any, any power over it at all. My wife's grandfather used to have this thing, and he did not serve God, but he had this thing where everything was about lady luck. And no matter what he was doing, he said, I'm just going to put it in the hands of Lady Luck. Just going to put it in the hands of Lady Luck. It didn't work out well for him. But everything was about putting it, putting it in the hands of Lady Luck. Everything. And we can't live our lives like that. We have to live our lives knowing this. I have to know, Dave, that I am a child of God. This is a temple that is here on purpose. He's trying to build something, and I want to make sure that I don't get in the way of what he's building. I want to make sure that whatever he has me assigned to, if it's easy, I'm going to step over it because it's not him. He's requiring something of you and me, and he wants us to step over those easy spots and come to this place where we set ourselves apart. Does anybody hear me in this place this morning? Let's move to the next verse. What happens when our ways now become God's ways? What happens when they become his ways? Turn with me to Isaiah 54. You can look on the app. It says, Sing, O barren one. <laughs> Love it. First three words. Sing, O barren one. What do you have to fear? Sing, O barren one, who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, who 
have you who have not been in labor for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married says the Lord enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out do not hold back lengthen your cords strengthen your stakes for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities fear not For you will not be ashamed. Be not confounded. For you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood. You will remember no more. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit. Like a wife of youth when she is cast cast off, says your God. For a brief moment, I deserted you. But with great compassion, I will gather you. You sinned and I turned my face. But you repented, and I turned it again. I love it. In overflowing anger, for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I'm going to have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me. As I swore that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be angry with you and will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart, and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. How many times has he said this? How many times does he have compassion on you? Over and over and over. Oh, afflicted one, storm-tossed and not comforted, behold, I will set your stones in antimony and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of agate, your gates of carbuncles, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness, you shall be established. In righteousness, in obedience, in trust, in integrity, in faith, you shall be established. You shall be far. Hold on, hold on. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Next, if anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you will ever succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This... This, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody might be wondering, why are these folks coming up there and striking hands? It's our out loud amen. It's about the loudest amen you can get. Let me say it again. 
This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication. Their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Did you hear that this morning? Did you hear that today? This is his blueprint. When our ways become God's ways, when we get over us, when we get over ourselves, when we get up in the morning and instead of asking, how can I enrich me today? And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking part of it. But every area. When we get up in the morning and we say, how can I be enriched today? How can I become more today? Instead, we need to be asking the question. Today, how can I glorify God? The simplest question. Father, how can I glorify you today? Place me where I need to be to glorify you. And in every way that he wants to enrich you, empower you, enable you, make you capable, he will do it. But when we consider our ways and we consider that I am the temple of the Most High God, and in this temple, he's proud of it. He loves his temple. He loves his dwelling place. And where he dwells, he wants to look good. God wants to look good. So he wants the throne upon which he sits to look good. And you are that tabernacle today. This is the heritage of the Lord. This is the heritage of the Lord. You, you are it. When our ways, Roxana, become God's ways. When I begin to consider which of my ways have been getting in his ways. And I'm asking you that this morning. You can be seated. Which of your ways have been getting in God's ways? What ways? You know. Because we do not serve a God that leads us blindly. Never have we ever had to wonder, God, if you just tell me what I need to work on, I'll work on it. If he's not telling you, There's nothing to work on. But you know in your heart, he speaks to us, not because we hear an audible voice, but because the very nature, the anointing of Christ is in those who have received him. And wherever the anointing of Christ dwells, he's always attentive and alert, and he's always steering us in a way, and our heart will feel peace about this one, but not peace about this one. Don't go where there isn't peace. And if we begin to shift that, and we begin to adjust when our ways are not His ways, and we begin to line up, and we begin to say when we get up in the morning, Father, how can I glorify you today? My heart and soul isn't to make more money. My heart and soul isn't to be the boss. My heart and soul isn't to be the most important person. My heart and soul isn't to have a bright red Cadillac. My heart and soul is to glorify you. How today can I glorify you? Place me in that place and wherever I find myself, I'm going to believe that you are helping me to build a temple that you are glorified in. I'm believing that when my ways become your ways, I become your heritage. And the earth will have to recognize that the glory of God dwells here. Do you hear me today? I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you're at, 
But I know when Archie shared that with me this morning and he came and shared it, I just, it literally in every sense of the word, it fit with the word build today. It fits with that word build. In my own life, in your own life, we can count many ways that we've done it our way. We've known that Holy Spirit has given us a particular direction or particular way to go and we've had a sense of peace about something, but we thought we had a better idea. So we did the better idea. And it might have ended up good, but it, didn't, it did not end up best, I can tell you that. It might have been okay, but it wasn't the right way. And I can tell you at the end of the day, I hope all of our hearts are this. We throw our hands up in the air and we say, Father, how can I glorify you today? You put me on this earth. You chose me out of so many. You identified me out of so many. There's a reason I'm here. Doesn't matter how I got here. Doesn't matter how you got here. What matters is you chose me. And I'm going to honor that choosing. And I'm going to consider my ways. And I'm going to consider your ways. You have found me. And I'm going to hear. You sent me. And I'm going to hear. And I'm going to trust. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, today... As I lift my voice over this people, over these men, over these women, over every single person, whether they're in this building or they're watching online today, I hope, my hope, my prayer is that what you put in my heart has been reflected in the words that I've chosen to speak today. I hope that in ministering this word, that you've used those words to reach deeply into the heart and soul of every single person that can hear me right now. I hope that your anointing, Father, comes alive in a way in each person that you begin to show us those who have not heard, may they hear today. Those who have not seen, let them see today. Those who have turned their face, may today their face be turned again to you, to you. What you want to do on this earth requires the obedience of many sons and daughters. Count us among those. We set ourselves and we position ourselves through repentance, by hearing, by obeying. We set ourselves today and position ourselves today to be part of the glory of God that is being revealed in the earth today. There are those that are hearing me right now knowing that so much of what they've done, they've done because they wanted to do it. And they've done so much of what they've done haphazardly, off the cuff, a quick thought quick minute they did it because it thought like they thought it might be the right thing at that particular moment but they did not consider what the outcome might be they didn't review the blueprint to make sure that that decision was going to fit well into what you wanted to do in their life but they went ahead and they started building something without that blueprint it didn't get the approval of the counsel of God and because it doesn't get the approval of the counsel of God, that thing is going to come crashing down in ways that are unimaginable. But today, Holy Spirit, I pray that every, all of our hearts, everybody under the sound of my voice, standing in this room right now, that each of us, we turn our face to you. Each of us, allow you to reframe our mind and to help us by Holy Spirit to lay hold of the anointing of Christ and to be changed by the glory of God that is present in this place right now. 
and that you will help us, Father, to consider again our ways, that we will line up our ways with your ways, and that we look again at the blueprint of God for our lives, and that those places that are outside that blueprint, we cast those off. We repent of those things, and Father, we look again, and we begin to build by your design, build according to your blueprint. Let it be today. Let it be today. Forgive us. Forgive us for those places that we've come up short. Forgive us for those places that we've missed, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Help us today to see like you see and to hear like you hear. Help us to be able to see the end from the beginning, to get a glimpse of what it looks like when we do it your way. And if we can get a glimpse of it, we'll press in. We'll press in. We're not afraid to wear a heavy hammer on our side or to wear a pouch of nails on our side. We're not afraid to lift the level. We're not afraid, Father, to hold the ladder over our shoulders. We're not afraid, but Father, we press in today to build, to build, to build, and to build according to your plan, to build according to your blueprint today. We press in. We press in. And you are faithful today. You are so faithful today. We lift our voices, we lift our hands, and we honor you today. Be glorified. Be glorified in us today. How, as we walk out of this building today, can we glorify you? The only question we need to be asking is how can we glorify you? What can I do today to glorify you? And if what comes to mind does not bring you glory, then I know it's not the right blueprint. If it brings you glory, it's the blueprint you used to fashion and form me. And you are building a temple, and I am so blessed to be your co-laborer. We honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Be seated for just a moment, please. I want to thank all of you that are new here. You're, you've, you've come and you're a part uh, today. You know, I just want to say to you, those of you that are watching online, those of you in this room, I don't know what you're looking for. You're visiting because you're looking for something. You're watching for the first time because you're looking for something. But I'm going to tell you today, I don't believe you need to look any further. We need to make sure that in all of our shopping, we don't end up at Target when we should be at Walmart. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, yeah. Well, <laughs> thank you, Tim. Or who said that? Was that Chad? No, it was Chad. Oh, there's somebody back there. Thank you, whoever did. Nobody wants to claim it. I don't know why, because it was the truth. But I'm going to say to you, you're visiting because you're looking for something. I've been there. I've been there. But when I found what I was looking for, I never, looked, I never had to look otherwise. I'm just looking all around the room. 
If we have an ear to hear the voice of God, when we know where we're supposed to be, don't try to change his voice. If something in you is crying out today, and there's something in you that says, man, I heard things today I've never heard. I felt something today I've never felt. Don't kick against the goads. Don't resist what the Father wants. I can tell you that in this house, we are passionately after the Father. Does it sound like I'm pleading with you to stay? No, I'm pleading with you to do the right thing. I'm pleading with you to stop becoming a shopper and become a listener. I did. Thank you. There's something to be said about the kingdom of God that I can't say about religion. When you come into the kingdom, you know it. You know it because it's different. When you walk into religion, you know it because it's exactly the same. The kingdom of God is a place where you grow and you change and it is never the same. Religion is the same today as it was a hundred years ago. And God's not in that. Don't mistake truth for right. Let me help you understand what I'm saying. Religion will quote a thousand scriptures that are truth. but the way it's being used is not right. To quote it, to manipulate, doesn't change that it's truth, but it does change whether or not it's right. Intention is important. The kingdom of God understands intention. Religion understands control. I hope you're hearing me today. I don't even know how I got there. But, I, but I, I do know. Because you cannot escape religion until you recognize the pl- blueprint God created for you. Yeah. And when you recognize that, you begin to build something religion doesn't like because when we recognize there's a blueprint for us, religion doesn't like it because it can't control us. Right. Religion doesn't get to decide for someone in the kingdom what color their walls are. That's decided by the Father. You need to hear me today. That's a whole nother, maybe we'll get in there next week. But thank you for being here. We have a lot of work to do. The earth is calling out for the sons of God to be revealed. Are there any sons and daughters in this room right now? I'm telling you, the earth is calling your name and it is rejoicing over every decision you make to line up with the blueprint of God and Yahweh is faithful ask him how can I glorify you that's the only question we need to ask what can I do today to glorify you and he will begin to put the pieces in because when he sees clean hands, and a pure heart. 
and knows we have reframed our mind and made it not about us, but about him, he begins to change things. He begins to put things in order. He begins to line things up. Get ready. Get ready. Amen? Bless you.